Police report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 7 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 2 standing by. Red 11 standing by. Red 5 standing by. Lock gas boils in attack position. Let's see what we have here. A little flyover here. Let's come around, Red 5. I've got different coordinates than what our comm says. That can't be. Got the chatter, pilots. We've got a mission, dude. What was that? Red 5, Red 5. Come around to point 02 and stabilize. Uh, Red 5? We would be honored if you would join us. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. And good afternoon, good evening, good night, however it is for you on this glorious day. Uh, welcome back to part two of our Into the Wardrobe series. And uh, I am DJ, and of course with me is Nicole, or for this series we go by uh, Diggory or Polly. Um, and Polly, not or Polly. I mean, it'd be kind of silly to, you know, I, I mean, I would answer. I'd answer to Polly if someone said, hey, Polly, you know, I, I'd answer. But, you know, that's he's kind of silly. Uh, but, yeah, uh, so last week uh, we talked about. Want to fill them in on what we talked about? <laughs> sure, I absolutely can. So last week we talked about how we were introduced into Narnia uh, and to C.S. Lewis's Chronicles in Narnia. And we also talked about the magician's nephew, which, of course, that's when we realized we are really Polly and Diggory in real time, day, whatever. That's us. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So if you guys have not seen episode one yet, stop what you're doing. Go back, watch that. We'll be here. We'll, we'll wait for you. Mm-hmm. And then pick us up where, where, uh, where we are now. Uh, this week, we are going to talk about the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Mm-hmm. In two phases, we're going to talk about the uh, the book and the movie, uh, and then we're going to talk about the horse and his boy. So, yeah, um, man, it was a, a lot of fun reading these. Um, I've mm-hmm. seen the movie a lot more recently than I've read the book, um, and uh, it's been a long time since I've read Horse and His Boy. Uh, so I'm glad to go back over this again. Um, 
So yeah, Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. Oh man, where to start with this one? This is um Well, I will say first, I think that we all know this is probably everybody's favorite of the series. Obviously, it's the one that gets the most attention. It's the one that's been adapted the most, you know, had a cartoon done. You know, we're all like, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. And I think it's because it has like some really good core beliefs that it attracts everybody. And we just want to watch. And it's so, you know, when I think of, of lion, witch, and wardrobe, you know, I have two words for it. It's magical and it, it's enchanting. You know, you want to be there. And even in the snow, you want to be there. I'm currently on like Hoth outside, and I would rather be in Narnia snow than Hoth. Did I say that? Yes, I did. I'm sorry if I offend any Star Wars fans that are watching, but it's true because Narnia is beautiful and it's breathtaking. And, you know, I just kind of like to go hang out with the beavers if I can't go hang out with Ewoks on Endor. So, right. you know, there you have it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, and I think some of that is has to do with um, the original order that it was released. We talked about the release order last week, uh, yeah. and uh, and how it changed uh, back when I got into uh, into it. It was book number one, and for a lot of people, that's how it starts. And they might not, right. you know, they'll read it and like, oh, okay, well, we'll we'll read the second book, and then. You know, as series progress, people say, eh, maybe when I have time, I'll read the others. So it's uh, normally most people will start off 100% with the first book, and then it goes down mm -hmm. to 75, and then 60, 50, right. and so forth throughout the series. Uh, but yeah, it is, uh, I would say that it is the um, most recognized, um, thanks in part, I think, to the movie as well. Um, a lot of people have uh, seen that uh, now that it's on uh, Disney Plus, uh, so it has a even wider range of audience. But it did fairly well in the box office. It did. Um, so uh, the setting for uh, Lion Witch in the Wardrobe, uh, it's uh, it's just a little bit past uh, the one from Magician's Nephew, uh, which was around 1900. Um, and uh, the uh, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe takes place uh, around uh, World War II. Uh, in fact, uh, the opening scene uh, is kind of related to in uh, the book and shown in the movie uh, of the uh, Blitz on uh, London. Uh, and the kids have to go stay with uh, a foster um, parent, uh, as it were, uh, which ha is how they get uh, into the land of Narnia. Yep. Through the wardrobe. At, if you remember from The Magician's Nephew, for those who watched the video, uh, it is actually Professor Diggory's house that they go to stay in, who, of course, already knows about Narnia and, you know, remembers those rings and things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Abso absolutely. And it was, um, uh, and I know you haven't seen this yet. I do have it completed as far as our intro video, but our intro video shows the wardrobe as the, okay. mm -hmm. uh, as a sheet goes off of it with the music that's playing. Uh, and, 
and I believe I don't I'm not sure if we talked about what happened to the rings uh in the last one, but um I'm trying to leave that for everyone to to go and read the book. I think that's why we didn't. Right. All right. So the so the rings that we talked about uh and uh and Diggory's assignment uh while he was in uh the newborn Narnia uh that was just waking up uh, uh have a key role in where the wardrobe came from Correct. and why it takes people to Narnia. Correct. We did, did talk about that a little bit about the wood and stuff. Yep. Yes. It, it's so, so exciting. So uh, exciting. Yeah. Yes. And I I I, I it's I remember when I read the book that the first thing I did, cause we had a big wardrobe in the house and you know, uh, it's me as an eight year old, you know, runs over to the wardrobe, throws it open, throws everything out and tries to see if there's anything on the other side of it. And yeah. of course, you know, I, I wasn't so lucky, but you know, uh, man, I wish it was, that would have been yeah. awesome. I know for me, um, even to this day though, it's so we don't really have wardrobes per se, um, but for me, it's doors like, mm -hmm. ooh, ooh. you know what I mean? If I'm in a store, I'm like, there's just a door standing there. And I go, it could be, <laughs> you know, um, I remember one time I was at church and they had decorated and there was actually, uh, a place high up and they actually placed a door and had done the lampposts and stuff. And I remember I looked and I knew the lady who had done, done the, the display and everything. And I'm like, that is Narnia. That is what she is pointing at. And I literally went and asked her. I'm like, uh, I'm pretty sure that's the door to Narnia. And she's like, I can confirm. And I'm like, yes, I knew it. Just because, <laughs> you know, the lamppost, which we're about to talk about. And of course, you know, the door, it just, there's such a significance. And there's, I guess it makes you wonder if that's just like our way that we just want to escape the realities of our own world. And we just really want to go into Narnia because that's just, there's like a safety into it. There's something about right. being with Aslan, being with the beavers, being with Mr. Tumnus. I mean, shoot, I, you know, I think it would be really hard to decide. Do I want to have tea with Tumnus or tea with the Mad Hatter at this point? Um, because they're both <laughs> two amazing characters and, and one that mad and bonkers, but that's why I love him. And the other one that, you know, who's just Mr. Tumnus, Tumnus is Tumnus, you know? And yeah. That's actually really good. I might have to put that up as a poll. <laughs> Who would you rather have to <laughs> Mr. Tumnus or the Mad Hatter? Um, right. Although I'm pretty sure I know where that one's going to go, but but that one, that's actually a pretty good question. I think I will put up that poll. I think I'll put up the poll when this video goes up that week. So. Awesome. And then, yeah, we'll, uh, on the next one, we'll have to, we'll, we'll see, uh, we'll get into what the poll said and we'll go from there. Absolutely. That's a good one. Good thinking. Right. All right, so, so back, back the book, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yes, yes. so um, whereas Magician's Nephew had two main characters uh, throughout the book. I, we had a lot of side characters that were in there, um, but this one centers around four main characters. Uh, so we're doubling up here. And as I stated, you know, uh, kids had to go somewhere uh, to escape the bombing of London. Uh, and this is actually a, a true story uh, that people in the countryside 
would foster children at that time period to get them out because their dad was off fighting the war. The mom was normally working in a factory or whatever. So, uh, and then with the bombs dropping, you, just to keep the children safe, they moved a lot of them out to the country. Um, so we had uh, Lucy and Edmund and Susan. Yeah, and Peter, two sons. Peter. Yep, two kings, two queens of Narnia. Yes. Um, now, it, sons, it, in the sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. <laughs> right. Uh, I was going to say in uh, in the book they are given a specific designation, uh, yep. and that has to uh, uh, do with uh, a lot of things that happen uh, in the book. Um, some prophecies that are in there. Uh, so, uh, you know, as we talk about it and you're like, well, you know, why would, why are you guys referring them to, uh, you know, as that? Oh, that's the reason why there are some details in there and we really want you guys to go read the book. We don't want to give too much away here, just enough to, you know, uh, wet the whistle a little bit and to, to get you into it, to really figure it out. So, um, I'm so they try this oh. insight real quick i'm gonna real sure, quick go ahead. uh so the pensieves peter pensieve king peter the magnificent the high king susan queen susan the gentle edmund pensieve is the king edmund the just which is really interesting when you get into his story uh lucy pensieve of course is queen lucy the valiant she's also the four pensieve uh so that's the four pensieve's brothers and sisters visited narnia at which the time of the rule of the white witch they remained there for many narnian years and established the golden age of narnia which is really cool peter is the oldest followed by susan and then edmund and lucy they are in the lion the witch in the wardrobe and prince caspian edmund and lucy are also in the voyage of the dawn treader edmund and lucy and susan appear in the horse and his boy and peter and Ed sorry peter edmund and lucy also appear in the last battles so these characters not only appear in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but they also appear in other books. Now, of course, when we get to the movie, I'll get into that a little in a different way because I have my own little thought to that. Um, but it's really cool when you realize that they're woven in in a, a specific way through the mm -hmm. books in comparison to the movies, which, again, we will talk about. Um, we'll get there when we get there. So... <laughs> all right yeah so back uh, to and we're talkers <laughs> if nobody's realized well, that we we're, we're talkers and we love to talk about our, our books and segues and things absolutely and uh, but that's a great point in the uh continuity if i said that right uh of of the series uh it's not just like uh you know hey this is set in the same world uh but you have to get to know all these new characters as, as you go along and there's nothing wrong with that i know a lot of authors do that but uh we see repeat characters as it goes through just to keep that timeline solid um and yeah uh, it, you could read it as you said last time in any order and you're like oh well here's you know i read lion witch in the wardrobe it mentions these then you pick up book five and all right well here here they're mentioned here or book three and they're mentioned here uh so you you know it's it always brings that familiarity to you so mm -hmm. great point great point yes 
So, uh, so yeah, so they're, uh, you know, uh, you know they, they get to the house, they find the wardrobe. Uh, we won't get into too many particulars about how they got into uh, Narnia yet, uh, but uh, they do end up in the world, uh, and they come up against the White Witch, mm-hmm. who is Jadis. From, yes, uh, and we talked about her quite a bit last week. Um, she was actually from another world called Charn, uh, and was brought into modern day London and then finally into Narnia. Uh, and uh, yeah, and she, um, man, she's just uh, she's something else. Uh, mm-hmm. doesn't have good intentions. Not, not at, not at all. And tries to get uh, an edge uh, mm-hmm. by any means necessary. Uh, whether mm-hmm. it's enslaving people, whether it's promising uh, mm-hmm. things like uh, Turkish delight. Turkish delight. <laughs> oh dear, Edmund. <laughs> oh man, what I'd give for some Turkish delight right now. Uh, but yeah. Um, you know, it, whatever it, whatever it takes to keep herself in power, she's going to do. Uh, yes. And uh, you know, so we meet. Uh, you know, we meet a lot of different characters uh, through this uh, movie, uh, and we find out that there's a, uh, or the book and movie. Sorry, uh, I glanced at my notes and it has movie written in big, so that's where I guess I, where I said movie from. Uh, you know, we find out that uh, there is a long battle that's been brewing between the White Witch and Aslan, the lion that we also mentioned last week, who brought Narnia into existence with his song. Yes. And so we pick up, you know, uh, you know, once these children enter Narnia, uh, we pick up into this battle, uh, and it's already waging. And uh, man, uh, people have picked sides, uh, you know. And uh, yeah, so the sides are drawn, uh, the the stakes are set, and we're about to go at it. And it's just a time of of magic, and as you said, enchantment, and adventure suspense heartbreak i there's it's all in this book and it's written Mm -hmm. so well it's written beautifully oh man that's lewis yes I have to, I'm going to do a quick quote because I love this part and it's, it's in the book and the movies. And that is uh, Aslan talking to the white witch. And he says, do not cite the deep magic to me, which I was there when it was written. And it's just like, oh, like in the movie. And in the, when that quote happens, you just feel it. I was there. And it's like, oh, yeah. wow. I'll powerful how great how amazing and they get and that's both book and movie but it's just so good and says so much about aslan um 
who of course is one of my favorite characters, Aslan is, is obviously there's particular reasons why I love Aslan even more um, as a believer, but oh, that quote is just, just amazing. Not to hop too far ahead, but um, no, no, that that's fine. The white yeah. witch that we're talking about right now. I'm like, wait a minute. I got to talk about this because there is something really big there. So, yeah, it's um, and, and we'll get into it and I'll mention uh, when we get to favorite parts, uh, but it's very closely related to that, uh, that quote. Um, but yeah, we have this uh, we have this white witch, this this crafty adversary uh, and uh, man, it's just it, it makes me think when she starts offering you know, I'll give you whatever you want. Just name it. What do you want? And when, if I was to be faced with that, I'm in a strange land. And, you know, and some lady who looks regal, yeah. you know, uh, you know, she's got, yeah. uh, uh, she's got the look. She's got, you know, this air of magic about her. And she's like, hey, uh, what do you want? I'll give it to you. And I'm like, ooh, man. That's like, Kind of like that bell ringing last week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Right? Are you going to ring that bell? Are you going to take the temptation? Is this ring worth ding, ding. Oh, that's oh. what Edmund did. Totally ring yeah. that bell. Ab- and he, absolutely. He just didn't weigh those consequences. He just... And of course, that's true to life. And I think that's also what, you know, C.S. Lewis is also trying to convey to us is that... You've got to, before you ring that bell, you've got to really consider, you got to weigh it all out. Pros and cons, you know, actions and consequences. And, right. you know, is it something worth the risk? And if you really, truly have that gut feeling of this is evil, is it really worth it? Yeah. I, well, you know, the, the movie really... Into real life now, like... That's the other thing about this book is that this book really does capture what we are here and now to this day. This book is very yeah. relevant. There's so many lessons in there that just like that one right there. Like, yeah, take it. Are you going to talk to a stranger, by the way? <laughs> like, I, I, I have. No, Although I guess. That's- <laughs> yeah, I, I have no trouble talking to anybody. Uh, I was in retail sales for uh i don't know 20 something years so it it was my job to talk to strangers and to be get relatable and uh so i really you know i don't have any trouble uh with that part uh but i i even think um i think that the movie does a better job explaining edmund and why he's doing the things that he does better than the book okay. uh, good perspective i mean he is done very well in the, in the movie so yes yeah uh and, and we'll talk about that here in a minute so uh but yeah so um uh, as far as other characters that we meet uh we meet a very uh friendly uh person uh well person um was he uh, uh, uh fawn yes Fawn. i was saying uh I was thinking uh, this, sat, uh, satire for having tea with. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so the incorrigible Mr. Tumnus, uh, and uh, of course, as you said, the beaver, the beavers are a big part of it. 
Um, you know, uh, there, there's so many other side characters that are in there as well, whether it's the dwarves, um, uh, whether... Yeah. I mean, uh, there are so many, so many things. Um, one of the cool things that I found, um, you know, in this, uh, in the book, uh, and, uh, even shown in the movie is, uh, is Father Christmas. Um, yeah. and they, they explain it that Narnia is, um, uh, in a perpetual winter because right. of the white witch uh, and the spells and stuff that she has uh, placed upon uh, the land, which just goes to show how powerful she actually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and then uh, we actually get to you know see the effects of uh, uh, when the tide starts to swing. Uh, several times the tide swings uh in this and it, it's it, it's really cool to go on this this adventure uh and have all these ups and downs in the book and uh as you said the way that c.s lewis writes it uh it's it's so well done it mm-hmm. every page you feel like you're in the book uh oh. like a never-ending story type of uh, thing You're where you know into Narnia, like literally here, <laughs> there's there's your wardrobe right there, right in those pages. Oh, yeah, into it. yeah. So, uh, you know, it's uh, oh man, it's uh, it, it, it's just like I said, it, uh, it, it's really hard to, and I'm trying not to get into too many spoilers, uh, of, of the book. Um, but you know, it, it, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty cool that, um, uh, I think the time frame issue, uh, and I think we might've talked about this last week. I don't think it was as big of an issue, uh, in magician's nephew. Uh, but this one, you know, uh, you could go. Uh, weeks at a time in Narnia and then go back through and then it's like no time has passed. Yes. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's, uh, it, it, that, that, that is uh, actually, it, it's, that's one of my favorite aspects of it. Man, if I could just be transported and then go back whenever I want, you right? know, uh, and, <laughs> and spend, huh? yeah. Maybe yeah, like, minutes. yeah, like, oh, yeah, whatever. Thirty minutes is like three hundred years, and you know it's uh, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And yes. I actually, I think I we'll had talk, it. Which we will also talk about a little bit when we get to the horse and and the boy. Yeah, because that really shows us that you, the time that you can really be over there, and yet, and yet, yeah. you come back to this land, and it's only been like five minutes and there it's been forever so right kind of cool kind of cool that he dabbles in into time like that in a very cool way mm-hmm. um so uh so yeah for the book um you know uh they uh 
after the big climactic, uh, you know, ending, uh, you know, yeah. we get uh, we get the children uh, able to go back to modern times, um, and uh, where they have uh, a, a few things uh, waiting for them there. Uh, after they actually stay in Narnia for a while through adulthood. Yes. Narnia yeah. times, they were adults. And then they went back and they were children again. Again, we're talking about the time still. And again, we're, in, or we're talking about it again when we talk about Horse and the Boy. And it has the fact that they stayed in Narnia for a very long time through their adulthood and then transport back. And they are the same ages. How now trippy that would that be? <laughs> oh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's... Picture like uh, you know Edmund. You know, I know, I know, Diggory. We just gotta go find those rings again, and we just gotta go back uh, for five minutes. I, I might know where they are. I might, I, you know, have to go dig them up or something. But uh, you know, but you know, Edmund. He goes in. He's a young boy. You know that grows up in Narnia. You know, uh, becomes a king. You know, lives many years in there. Has to shave. All that kind of stuff comes back through and he's a kid again it's like oh man i already went through it now you got to go through it again oh i i don't know it it, it might be worth it but might not be i i don't i don't know oh um, i don't know narnia seems worth it to me narnia is yeah. worth it those like yeah, yeah I'll, I'll go i'll go uh but yeah um yeah, and then, you know, of course, at the end of the book, you know, they tell us, you know, hey, that's stay tuned, folks. Uh, you know, this isn't, you know, far from they're, over. They're, yeah, there could be more stories to come. Uh, you know, not that C.S. Lewis had any intention of writing it, but he left huh. it open uh, yep. if, uh, if need be. Um, Seven books came out of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, six more books came out of that moment. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, uh, do you have anything else to add about the book? I want to add a few more details. I want to add a few more quotes and things. Maybe talk about uh, some of our favorites. And then I've got two fandom crossovers I want to throw out to you. So, right. um, some of my favorite quotes. Um, you doubt your value. Don't run from who you are. Aslan. Like, just... I don't know. It's like, I think I need to like post that like on my mirror, like every day. Don't doubt your value. How many times do we all need to hear that? You know, doubt, don't doubt who you are, you know, don't run from who you are. Yeah. Right. Right here. All, all the time. Here, Diggory are fully admitting we need these on, like we need, I almost, maybe, maybe that's a future tattoo. Um, I also like, <laughs> uh, and I think actually you just said this. And so, so for a time it looked as if all the adventures were to end, but there was not, that was not to be, which is what you just said, which I love that one. Yeah. And that, yes, there's, and all the books, well, okay, so far the books have lots of adventure. Although I think the last one probably has, hmm, has some adventure, but it's just different versus like the horse and the boy. That, that we will get to was a true, hold on to your horses. That's what that was. <laughs> Um, right. So yeah, did you have any other favorite quotes out of there uh, that you know offhand that you like that are sticking out that you're like, oh yes. 
you know, because I think, you know, sometimes like some of these, like the one I was saying, you know, you, you don't doubt your value. I think that's just a life quote in general. Like, thank you, C.S. Lewis. Like, I need that, like, daily, you know, I need to re- yeah. remind you you're special. And, you know, of course, that that theme is that, you know, God's trying to tell us, hey, you are special, you are loved, and um, you are valued. Don't run from who you are. You know, you can learn from who you are, but don't run from who you are you know yeah um one of mine is uh you know when she's edmund and the white witch are talking and uh uh he said uh you know at last the turkish delight was all finished and edmund was looking very hard at the empty box and wishing that she would ask him whether he would like some more and probably the queen knew quite well what he was thinking, for she knew, though Edmund did not, that this was enchanted Turkish delight, and anyone who once tasted it would want more of it, and would even, if they were allowed, go on eating it. Yeah. And yeah, it's uh, just that that temptation, and once you get into it, and, you know, it's like that's that's the center of your life that's you know everything else has lost any sort of meaning except for what you just had and uh you know like ringing the bell uh, once you once that once that box is opened and you start getting into it it's so hard to get away from it uh sometimes it's uh, it's impossible and not everyone can uh it's just so powerful there um, but we also know, see that in the line, the witch in the wardrobe, though, that he does redeem himself. Edmund does redeem. This book is really big on redemption. And of course, we also see oh, Aslan, you know, who, who he didn't have to redeem himself. But of course, he he took his life for yeah. our life. And then, of course, yeah. Rose again, which I love. Oh my gosh, that scene both in the book and the movie is just, or even in the 1979 cartoon, I was like, oh, you know what I mean? I remember going, oh my gosh, that scene, that scene, that scene, you know, made me bawl and cry. And then, yeah. Well, wait, it's like Friday. It happened. Well, wait until Sunday because then he, you know, rises again. And that moment is just amazing. I have to say, I, I'm sorry, I totally skipped ahead to like favorite moments, but that is one of my favorite moments in the Chronicles of Narnia. You know, beyond the tea with with the Tumnuses or being with the Beavers, uh, seeing Father Christmas. No, my favorite is literally it's the sad part of one of when Nazlan gives his life. Yeah, and it is the following time when he rises again, and he's like. Let's try. I'm here, you know, because he it, it, and it's it sounds so simple, right? But it's not so simple. And I love that we see that in through the you know, you kind of course in the movies, you know, we can see it through Lucy and Susan's eyes, and it's just like, oh, could you imagine have been there? And it, uh, yeah, it's so powerful and so like, uh, and then he rises again. It's just yeah. like, well, wait, there's more, <laughs> you know? Well, uh, yeah, so, my... well, sorry, I, I totally skipped ahead. What is one of your favorite parts in both the book and the movie? Or I don't know if you have a either or, but just in general. 
Uh, well, it's it's the same one. It's the the stone table scene. And, stone table. Uh, just and that's actually my last quote that I have as well. Uh, and Susan says, uh, "But what does it all mean?" And uh, Aslan, who's now come back, says, "It means." that though the witch knew of the deep magic, there is a magic deeper still which she did not know. Her knowledge goes back only to the dawn of time, but if she could have looked a little further back into the stillness and the darkness before time dawned, she would have read there a different incantation. She would have known that a willing victim who had committed no treachery was killed in a traitor's stead, the table would crack, and death itself would start working backward. And now... And that's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's such a powerful moment. I think that's my favorite book book and movie. Like, I know we haven't fully gotten into the movie yet, but I will say that right now. I think in both book and movie, that's just my favorite right there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it it reminds me of... um, you know uh, the the quote that uh, there's always someone smarter, mm-hmm. and uh, no matter how much you think that you know, mm-hmm. there's always somebody that's going to know more. And when you let your knowledge rule and you become smug about it and like you know hey i'm i'm really smart i can you know uh this that and the other thing and i can put people in their place and you know well there's always somebody that's going to know a little bit more about something than than you do and um it's a slippery slope once you start down that path so uh it's uh it's pretty cool um but yeah that's that's what i have for uh, for the book. All right. I want to add two more things. I actually want to add two fandom crossovers. Two. Okay. 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 So I have in front of me J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Okay. Ooh. And in this book, you might know, of course, it's also in the movie, there is a chapter called i'm gonna pull it up so you guys can see it i thought i had the bookmark fell out i'm sorry you guys you guys are watching me as i'm trying to open it i had a bookmark in it called the pensive that is right the same name that lucy peter and edmund and susan have is actually the pensive in harry potter and the goblet of fire okay oh that's cool there's more there's more this one's a star wars crossover uh-oh. We have a Star Wars crossover. Thank you, Claudia Gray and Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Okay, and I'm just going to read it because I think this is pretty cool. Um, it's just at the end. It's it, And I'm pretty sure she had to have gotten, she had to have taken this from C.S. Lewis, you know, inspired by it, of course. Um, she, so after months of strengthening her arms and back through pathfinding, Leia found the Right, right in or ridden, I can't pronounce it properly, sword, didn't feel so heavy anymore. Holding it aloft, she waited for the next fanfare. And doesn't that sword sound familiar? The Raiden sword is actually yeah. Prince. It is actually Prince. Hear me. Ah, 
Prince, that's the next book. Um, King Peter's Sword. So very interesting that we have two authors decades later inspired by C.S. Lewis right here, J.K. Rowling and Claudia Gray. Very cool that they that those are in there. Two really cool crossovers. I had to share. See, I had to. That, that's awesome. Uh, I knew one. I knew the, the Harry Potter one. Uh, yep. but, uh, the, uh, the Leia one, um, I had not, uh, I, I didn't even it. think about that. Yeah. Well, cause when I read it, I was like, wait, hold up, hold up. You should see me when I was reading it the first time. I was like, I know this sword. <laughs> Where do I know this sword? And I look it up and it's even in fandoms. Like you look it up online and there is a confirmation that they are connected. I'm like, Okay, Claudia Gray, good job taking that little, you know, inspiration from C.S. Lewis. And I, my myself, I'd want to use that sword too. Thank you very much. So, right? why not? Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Um, so, um, the movie. Yes, the movie from 2005. So, real quick, I want to real quick do a little run down here so 19, 1979 was the line the witch in the wardrobe cartoon i talked about last week it's how i was introduced to it um i have yet to see the 1988 bbc series to be honest i have not seen it so we won't be comparing it um hopefully we'll hopefully they'll get a remake later we'll talk about that probably at the end of the series um the movie of course we're going to talk about today came out december 13 2005 and that is of course the lion the witch in the wardrobe done by from disney and the music composer because they do have a beautiful soundtrack was harry gregson williams so i just want to bring that up as well so yes cool fun facts as we uh talk a little bit about the movie the lion yeah. the Although we've uh, talked a little <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of hard to um uh when when there's so much alike and right. uh you know this, uh, this one movie where I felt it's the most alike to the book, which is a good thing, you know, when yes. the character appearance is, is the minor thing, it's nice mm -hmm. to finally have that because it's very rare that we get closer to the book. And, yes. you know, and they're both great. They're both done well. And again, there's so much beauty in the book and there's so much, you know, it's when you watch Disney's, you know, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, it is just beautiful. It's captivating. I just want to go on the, the, the Sands of Narnia once, of course, that's at the end of the movie, um, you know, once the winter is gone. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's um, and, and I watched it again the other day. Anytime that uh, uh, I kind of alternate between like Harry Potter and Star Wars and uh, the Narnia movies, just be, mainly because of the score, uh, and I can have it on in the background while I'm working, and uh, and and just have that great music that that's there. Um, so yeah, uh, I was. Uh, uh, I, I was very um, taken with the movie. Uh, one of the things that they hint at in the book, but really show, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, uh, was the the blitz uh, yeah. uh, from Nazi Germany over London uh, as they were pelting uh, the city with bombs. 
Mm-hmm. And we see, you know, uh, Edmund, who really misses his dad, uh, who's, uh, it looks like he was a pilot, and according to the pictures, um, you know, goes in and, you know, uh, bobs are dropping, and he has to save this picture. And, of course, he gets admonished greatly by his mother and Peter and uh, for it. And that really set the tone of, you know, who this character is. And he's in the middle, uh, and he's not grown, but he's not a right. child child. Um, you know, and he's, uh, you know, has this, uh, brother that, you know, is kind of down on him and he just has all this stacked against him. And, right. uh, so I, I can understand why he may, would make some of the decisions that, uh, that he has. Um, but I thought that was cool. Uh, the, um, uh, it was filmed, uh, in New Zealand. Nice. Mm-hmm. Which, if Sounds you, familiar. <laughs> yeah, movie. Uh, there, there's another movie that uh, bears a striking resemblance to some of the aspects of, uh, you know, of this, uh, uh, of this movie, and uh, that's authors were friends. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the Lord of the Rings movies were filmed uh, in and around the same location. Uh, not only that, the same uh, company that uh, did the special effects, the, like the practical effects uh, mm-hmm. for Lord of the Rings, also did uh, the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Uh, so, uh, it, yeah, they're multi-award-winning uh, uh, effects company. And, yeah, they, they did such a great job with, uh, with that. Um, you know, oh, and uh, something that we didn't mention before uh, that uh, was the uh, lamppost. Yes. Oh, I mentioned it a little bit, but yeah. not much. Lamppost yeah. is, is so symbolic. You see winter and you see a lamppost, I instantly go, like, <laughs> it's like oh. the doors, it's like the wardrobes. I see it, I think Narnia, you know. Yeah. Oh, a- absolutely. Um, you know, she, uh, or, uh, when they, uh, go through, uh, and they show the close up of the lamppost and it's not like it's an electric light lamppost cause this lamp has been there for a long time. Uh, it just has like this, um, yeah, you know, eternal, uh, flame that's in there. Uh, which is it, to the magician's nephew. So, yes. Good reading. Good. Good reason to to read both of those. <laughs> yes. There yeah. are reasons to this lamppost, and it's a really good one. And of course, it's where we see Mr. Tumnus and Lucy, and I think that is an amazing scene, both in the cartoon and in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. That that moment is so symbolic, and there's just something about it. It's so. You know, while we know that, sadly, Mr. Tumnus has got some other issues that, you know, we're about to find out, like, a few minutes later, but, like, that, there's just an innocence to that moment, mm-hmm. and 
again, beautiful, breathtaking. And there's so many words to explain that beautiful moment. And we can see this, we can feel it. In fact, I feel like mm -hmm. I, you can feel that friendship just forming. I, I, I really want to know, like, talk to the actress and actor and be like, did you guys, like, is that when your guys' friendship? Because that just like, you can feel that's when that friendship is formed. And it's just such a yeah. beautiful moment. Um, I mean, talk about friendship at first sight. That's what that was right there. That, right. like, even a few minutes later, when we know Tumnus, you know, slightly betrays, but Lucy understands. It's like she already understood his heart was in a good place, even if he wasn't a hundred percent in a good place because of a particular white witch named mm -hmm. Jadis. So, so uh, the, the the casting for this movie was very well done. Um, yes. We had uh, Georgie Henley uh, played Lucy. Yes. Uh, we had uh, Skander uh, Keynes, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, uh, played Edmund. Um, we had uh, Anna Popwell uh, did uh, Susan, uh, and William Mosley did Peter. Yes. Uh, and uh, I remember when, uh, when I saw, uh, Lucy in the film, my first thought was, uh, she reminded me of, uh, and I can't think of a uh, miracle on 34th street. Uh, the little girl oh, that's, uh, that's in there. Wait, the original one with Natalie Wood. But either was... one, okay. either one, they, they did, uh, they, they had two and both of them were, were very well done. Uh, just had that, you know, that look of innocence. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you know, just uh, especially, you know, with all the, the coats and, and the hat and everything, all, you know, just just adorable little girl and uh, did very well expressing that. And I believe this was her first film to do. And so to be able to capture that uh, did, Absolutely. you know, was uh, was amazing. Um, uh, James uh, McAvoy did yes. Mr. Tumnus. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yes. Tumnus. Yes, Professor X uh, to cross over a, another uh, series. Uh, you know, played Mr. Tumnus, uh, except for this one, he had uh, a lot more hair. Uh, you know, yes. And some boots. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, and then if you guys ever get a chance to check out the behind the scenes uh, on how they did that, very well done. Uh, I watched it again this week. Uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, as for Oslan, I mean, you're not really going to cast an actual lion in this thing. So it was, uh, you know, uh, it was a uh, computer generated uh, character. But the voice, the voice, it belongs to one Liam Neeson, Qui-Gon Jinn himself. Yep. So I, <laughs> we, Star Wars. <laughs> I'm telling you, there, there's so many uh, uh, crossovers between yes. these series. It's just, it, it's pretty cool to see. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, it is. Uh, he he just has that voice, and it's uh, just resonating, and uh, it's it's pretty cool. Um, the White Witch was played by Tilda Swinton. And yep. I had my, uh, when we were talking before uh, we went live here, um, 
I thought she was in uh, another series, but uh, it turns out that she's also in the Marvel Universe. She plays the Ancient One in Doctor Strange. Isn't that interesting? And... She's the Ancient One and she's the White Witch in Narnia. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, it, uh, but like I said, the, the casting on this was just absolutely well done. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I couldn't uh, expect it uh, to go any better. Um, you know, there are, uh, you know, there, there's a few things that, uh, you, know, you know, that weren't mentioned uh, or uh, that were in the movie that weren't in the book. Um, uh, like uh, the Frozen River scene, uh, not in the book. Uh, but they did such a great job with it that I mean, it's it's very uh, very very plausible uh, to that it would be in there uh, and I was like wow it, you know it wasn't it just looks so cool I'm like oh yeah and then like, wait a minute was that actually in there I had to go back and read it just to see mm-hmm. uh, and, you know and it wasn't um, and you know, it's uh, in regards to the casting so, and I, I kind of began talking about this earlier. So I feel like the casting was so good. So, you know, as we're going to be exploring soon, you know, we're going to be talking about casting. We're going to be talking about the Voyage, Dawn of the Voyage Shredder. It's like we want those characters to be in all the other movies because it, they're just so beloved now. And we're so into it. And we're like, you know, you can't do this movie without that character. But, but, but. But, right, because we just are so now invested with how good they played these characters. And mm-hmm. so that's your first, that, you know, I, I remember even beginning going, oh, but wait, they're going to do, wait, how can they, where's this person? But when you begin to read the series, you begin to see, like I was explaining earlier, that these characters, they, their, their major roles are in the line, the witch and the wardrobe but they become supporting characters in other places in the series. And yeah. that's okay. <laughs> and that's yeah. another thing we have to talk about is that it's okay because he's got, they all have purpose still. And in fact, even you and I are going to talk about in the horse and the boy, we're going to talk about a few of them being in that book as well. And they don't always have to be in the major role. They actually take a supporting role in the later books and it's Okay. And actually, in a way, it's actually really good because they really do. They give that little punch or it's it's kind of like really awesome. Like, it's like when you're watching like a, you know, like a Marvel movie. Right. And then all of a sudden you see the cameo. Right. Of a favorite mm-hmm. beloved character or at the end of The Mandalorian. And we saw Ooh, Skywalker. I think that's really what these characters were. I think they were way ahead. I think C.S. Lewis was way ahead of his time and he was putting these characters in as special characters later on even if they were yeah. once major characters because he did he loved them and then we loved them and i think that was really hard for me is that i had to pull that apart and go mm-hmm. okay i know they're not gonna all be in that one movie now but there was because there's a purpose and we have to yeah. be okay with that purpose because if not you really do lose out on so much more greatness that C.S. Lewis did develop, you know, and I feel like so far, you know, again, everyone does lie in the witch in the wardrobe, you know, and, and maybe they'll dabble in one or two, but they drop off and we miss out on that, right. all those lessons and 
things like that. Yeah. And I, I just want to talk about that for a minute because I, I do. I remember the first time going, wait, <laughs> you know, wait, they're they're not they don't have as much time in that next movie, shouldn't they? You know, and and then you begin to read and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah okay okay i understand or even you know it's been a long time since i've read the horse and the boy and we'll get into that but i remember going oh oh okay yeah this makes sense now and maybe as an adult it makes more sense to me now but it's it's true you know so when you're when you're reading these books kind of keep an open heart and open mind that these major characters that we do love and we love them in the movies they become minor in the no, they're not minor. That's the wrong word. They're supporting characters. They're beloved supporting right. characters coming back as a cameo, and they are there to, to continue on those great stories. And I right. think he uses them as as the thread that holds the quilt together, although the major thread is Aslan all the way through and through. So, right. and did you, do you have any thoughts on that, like in comparison to the books and the movies with the characters and how that lines up? Have you ever had that thought too, like, I want them in a mall. And then you go, oh, wait, hold on. Hold up. <laughs> They're not. Well, I, it's, uh, yeah, I, I did have very similar thoughts. Uh, but uh, the way that um, time works, uh, I, and once I realized that even as a kid that, you know, uh, that they're not always going to be able to go back uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, in a future book, we'll we'll get into that a little bit on uh, what happens when uh, you know when and if they go back after they've been away for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, I, I I will say if you don't like reading books, check out the movie. Yeah. Once you get well, listen- into the movie. Once you get into the movie, go back and give the book another try. It'll be a little bit familiar. You'll be able to get through the books a little bit faster. Um, even if you start with, uh, you know, uh, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe after seeing the movie, then go to uh, Magician's Nephew, kind of get a little prequel action going, um, and then uh, then continue on uh, w- with the books because uh, mm-hmm. there's not all uh, every movie didn't get or every book didn't get a movie so yeah uh, but true. it's a good way to get into it but mm-hmm. speaking of next reader. books <laughs> yeah so yeah uh you know th- that covers the uh, lion witch in the wardrobe uh the um the movie and the book and mm-hmm. that leads us to horse and his boy which is uh, now, I guess, book three uh, in the uh, the reading order. Uh, it was originally fifth published, but it's actually third in the reading order when everything got kind of ironed out. <laughs> yes, yeah. So uh, we'll take the lead on this one. Uh, Horses, boy, it's your show. What you got? Okay, well, you know what? I'm going... I have two major words for this book, adventurous tale. Those are my two words. If you had two words to sum- summarize this book, what would it be? Shocking um, adventure. Shocking. See, and we both have the word adventure. This book is full of adventure. I was like, 
what? <laughs> and it is very different from the magician's nephew and very different from the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Now, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe have lots of adventure too, but it's just different. It, yes. and, and they deal with with um, things that we don't normally, you wouldn't normally, I, I don't know, I just, you wouldn't find maybe in Magician's Nephew or things like that. So it, they definitely uh, touch on some very important subjects. Um, the characters are also, there are, well, technically four major characters, technically. Um, actually, I'm going to read them off because I think that is the best way. So, um, we'll start with Shasta. Shasta is, there is a mystery about this adopted son of a quarryman fisherman. He is not what he seems as he discovers himself in the horse and his boy. So, this is really a coming of age book um, in regards to them. And they're definitely dealing with some major adult issues for what I would consider young um young children there is mm -hmm. brie brie is actually the great war horse war horse you will need to edit <laughs> war horse um uh he was kidnapped as a fowl from the forest of narnia and sold as a slave horse and uh in calumet and and anyway so he's actually the one who helps to get shasta out of his bad situation, long story short. There's Erebus. Uh, she is a Tarkina. I hope I said that right. Uh, but even so, she has many good points, okay? Even though she's a little edgy, okay? Modern day speak, edgy, because she does. She does have like a little bit of edge to her. Um, I'm hoping I say this right, so please forgive me if I'm not. Uh, it's either Halwyn or Haywyn. And, and that is actually her horse, who was a sensible horse. That horse was also a stolen and uh, was actually a slave from Narnia. So we actually have four main characters. However, we do have um, a few of our Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe characters show up, mm -hmm. which include, we know that Susan comes into play, as well as Edmund. Peter is also mentioned in the book. Um, of the horse and this boy so it's interesting because we were talking about time earlier with lion the witch in the wardrobe and this book is set during the time that the two sons of daughters two sorry two daughters of eve and two sons two kings give me a minute let me try that again <laughs> two daughters of eve two sons of adam are still reigning in Narnia. So that means that this book actually takes place before they go back into the wardrobe, which is really cool. So, and I'm going to say now they're a little bit older. That's how they describe them. They're a little bit or older. In fact, even uh, we're going to be talking about Susan and Arvis both actually have the same, same common problem um, in the book, which is actually quite interesting. Um, and this this book really does it does touch on some very serious subjects um although i think even the other books have some serious subjects too and but they're just different in uh, yeah. uh aspect um so anyways go back <laughs> anything you can fill in yet that you're like wait you're missing something there 
Oh no, no, you're you're you're, okay. you're doing great so awesome. far. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, um, you know, we do have uh, you know some some characters that uh, that make an appearance, uh, yeah. and uh, you know, I never really thought of the point that you know, hey, they're still in Narnia at this time. They haven't gone back. They have yeah. uh, not gone. So, this is during yeah. the golden era of narnia things are good in fact actually in the book they talk about narnia and it's up north it's where you go up north go north in fact that's where uh shasta and arvis you know through their adventures they eventually meet and um shasta actually was he was kidnapped he was slaved and mm -hmm. i mean uh, uh, different than Erebus, she she was a princess and stuff, and but she wanted out even so. Um, and of course, the horse Bree is actually who saves Shasta ultimately. Um, I will suggest please read it because there's so many more details into that. But Bree is a very loyal horse and really shows us like love in a, a new way um, because he won't let something happen to this boy. Like. Mm -hmm. He'd rather abandon the person who kidnapped him to save his life. And yes, it's a talking horse. <laughs> Which is right. really cool because in Narnia, the animals can speak. Um, and it, it is. It really is a really good uh, story. I do want to actually touch on a couple of big things. I, you know, you and I had discussed, you know, do we want to go there? Do we want to go there? Um, I actually am going to read an excerpt, actually, while I have my book still out. And it is sure. actually about Erebus. And this is actually a really, really sad um, part of the book, but it's the beginning of the book. And I feel like Erebus really does have some redemption in her story. I think she really does come of her own, although this is technically Shasta's story. But there is something really big here. Um, in the beginning, um, it's actually at the gates of Tashban. That's the chapter I'm in. She's telling her story about how she left and why she left. And that is that... Um, her parent, her dad and her stepmom wanted to marry her off. Okay. She's a young girl. They wanted to marry her off to a man in his 60s. Now, our day and age, no, that's not happening. Okay. You got to remember, though, this is a different time. This is a different place. This is a whole different era and ballgame. And she was young and they wanted to marry her off to yeah. a very older man. And she did not want this at all to the point that. She actually considered um, considered killing herself, killing you know, committing suicide, which is absolutely heartbreaking. But it is her horse that actually steps in and goes, "Hold up, mistress." So that's what I want to read here because I think this is so 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 powerful. Oh, my mistress, do not by any means destroy yourself, for if you live, you may yet have good fortune. But all the dead are dead alike. Holy mackerel, a horse. And not of a horse of a different color, that's a whole different world. Um, says, oh, my mistress, do not by any means destroy yourself. For if you live, you may yet have good fortune. But all the dead are dead alike. I, when I, I'll be honest, when I got to that part, I actually mm -hmm. had to do this. Bookmark, sit down, process, think.
oh my gosh, because I was already on the edge going, no, 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 Arvis, no, 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 we don't want you to, you know, and of course we already know that she's obviously still alive because she's telling the story to, um, to Bree and to Shasta, but it really made me go, wow, C.S. Lewis, he went there. We're yeah. not even in modern day, we're not in modern times. And that is how this book is still relevant because, you know, mental health, you know, is so important. And, you know, taking care of ourselves is so important. You know, loving ourselves is so important. And the mm -hmm. fact that C.S. Lewis attacked this in what was considered a young, a child's book at the time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was, this, that was a mind blowing moment for me. Cause I was just like, where, whoa, whoa. And this was already after the fact that, you know, we had already seen, um, we'd already talked about slavery a little bit in this book. And the fact that there was a boy mm -hmm. that was slaved and kidnapped and things like that. And so C.S. Lewis also deals with that in this book. He deals with, 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 uh, with slavery and he deals with suicide and he talks about these very, what we would consider very adult subjects yes on a child's level and i'm just like whoa you know like uh, it, uh, wow yes and again it's it's been a very 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 long time since i read a horse book in fact i may not even finished it the first time around because again it it, it is one of those books that it is it's, it looks short, but it's very meaty and it's very yeah. filled with adventure and filled with some deep uh, topics that is so hard for us, even as adults, to to deal with and to comprehend. And, you know, and and yet C.S. Lewis went there and I love that he did. I love that because today like i'm like I mean, this this book needs to be back into school so this book needs to be read because it's so important you know i think that it wow i yeah i i'm just curious what are your thoughts i mean what were your thoughts when you read that because i'm just like like my mind was like oh my gosh you know yeah there's i'm laughing but trust me i was probably welling in tears near tears when i originally read that like oh he went there he went there well a lot of um uh, when he wrote the books uh in the 40 1940s uh the british aristocrats uh, aristocrats were still still around i mean they still have a queen and the royal family and things like that but um the and i think he was more speaking out to them as well uh, because a lot of that com was common practice. Uh, young girls were married off to secure financial stability for not just the girl, but for their family as well. Uh, and uh, sometimes it didn't matter, um, you know, how old the guy was. Uh, it mattered of uh, what kind of uh, political influence he had or how or maybe how much money that he had. Uh, yeah. In fact, there, there's still countries today that have <laughs> arranged marriages and uh, and things like that. And, um, you know, maybe not the age gap that used to be, uh, but 
it, it's still there. Um, even, you know, the 1400s, 1500s, 1600s, um, you know, the, uh, the life expectancy wasn't as uh, great as it is now. Uh, so marrying age was, you know, uh, 13, 14. Um, and, you know, and then it was to whoever was in power at the time. So, right. um, you know, yeah. I, I could see that being a speaking off point on, you know, Hey, uh, you know, let's, uh, uh, let's be mindful of, you know, right. the damage and, uh, uh, psychological stuff that yeah. goes with that. Um, but, uh, there it, was, it, it was the fifties. He wrote the books. I know. I'm sure that's what you meant when you said forties, but fifties is when yeah. you wrote that. Yes. Yeah. So, um, a quick, quick note though, with Ar Erebus, of course, that's how she starts off on her journey. You know, she, she go, she listens to the horse, to this wise, sensible horse. And she has the courage to leave eventually meeting up with our main character, Shasta. Um, because the horse, I mean, is also, he's also, it's very clear. He's not the same. He's not like his, who he thought his dad was, but he even knew like, he's like, something was off the, all these years anyways. Um, and and of course that's where their adventures begin. But I have to bring this up because Erebus and uh, Susan, Queen Susan, have the same problem, but different. Yes. Okay, same problem, two different perspectives, and that is they're both trying to be married off. Uh, for Erebus, it's her parent, her family, her step her stepmom, and her dad who want to marry her off to a six year old man. And for Susan, uh. You know, she's still in Narnia. They're they're still there and stuff. And, and somebody has approached, uh, you know, the prince has approached her and, you know, wants to marry her. Uh, and she realizes this is not good. Endman tells her this is not good. You know, this is a, this is not good. This is this guy is bad for you. And the differences here are one one. They're both actually one's a queen, one's a princess. Okay, so they're both royalty, but one's being forced while the other one is having the love of her brothers and her sister to say, no, we're not going to do this. No, we're not going to go this route. Um, we know that in this book that Arvis and uh, Shasta um, grew up in areas that had didn't have their freedoms. Unlike Narnia, Narnia had freedom. Narnia was known for their freedoms. So people wanted to go there uh, for those reasons. And um, I think that's really important to know. And of course, I'm so I'm so proud of, of course, Peter and Edmund and and and, and Lucy, you know, they're standing by Susan and going, uh-uh. No, uh, we're not gonna have that. And even Tumnus is in this story, and he's like, this is not good. And he's more of a mentor -y at this point, a confidant. And it's so interesting because even he's like, mm -mm, and saying good. Yeah. And of course, by then, Shasta's already with him. That's in that point of the book. And it, it's just a really interesting moment because when I saw that moment, I was just like, interesting in comparison to Erebus, who's being, you know, she had to escape. She had to like leave. She had to go incognito. She had to leave her whole rich life behind. Believe unlike them of course with susan them they actually have to figure out a, a way to get back to narnia in comparison to them but at least she had the love 
of her family and the support that she needed. I can only imagine what Arvis had to feel. Like, she's young. Like, being a teenager is hard enough. I can't imagine being shoved, trying to be shoved into marriage and then being told I have to and not having that love and support. Unlike Susan, who's I think probably has a few years on her, but still at least have the love and support of her, her family. So two right. similar situations, very different perspectives. And again, C.S. Lewis brought that into the horse and the boy. And um, even though Susan and them are like the minor, okay, not minor, they're in the supporting roles in this book. They that is so impactful still. And I yeah. think that I expect that's what we're going to see throughout the series is, is that even when they're in the supporting roles, we're going to get some of these major uh, points again, kind of yeah. like magician's nephew. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's so underrated. And I'm like, okay, so the horse and his boys an adventure tale. It's a hard one to take, but it's worth it. Yeah. Take your time to read it, but it's worth it. Well, so. the, the, I had to the, go there. I had to. <laughs> I have to go there. The main action sequence for this book is a war. Right. And it's the the war and the reason for the war that to me is one of the more adult uh, aspects of this book. Um, mm. And it's also, uh, this book also doesn't really... It it involves Narnians, but it's not in Narnia. Nope, it's not Narnia. It, it, it's in the uh, it's in the lands outside of Narnia, and uh, it's mentioned. Uh, Arkenland uh, is uh, is mentioned uh, in uh, several of the books, uh, as far as uh, you know, uh, nearby to Narnia. Uh, Narnia being in the north, as you said. Um, but the whole reason for this thing is because the guy that is uh, uh, that wants Susan mm -hmm. uh, proposed to someone else previously and was turned down. Yep. And so he wants to exact his revenge. And this is to me was probably the most. The way that it was described on what they were going to do in the land uh, once it was conquered and what he was going to do uh, with this, um, I think she was a princess of uh, Arkenland. Um, yeah, uh, Elenia of Arkenland um, was, yeah, it, it was graphic. And um, to, and I don't remember that when I read it a long time ago. And then uh, as I was rereading, and I'm like, wow, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah. And, you know, and of course, that's a, a vehicle to help our main characters convince, you know, the supporting characters on, you know, hey, this is what, this is what's coming. This is what they said they're going to do. Get ready. And, you know, it, it, yeah, um, but as far as topics, it's, uh, I think this is one of the more adult-themed yeah. books. Um, I almost wish it was at later in the uh, reading, uh, very similar to, like, a, um, you know, uh, another crossover, uh, Harry Potter-type 
Harry Potter, when it first starts off, is easy to read. Uh, it's easy to get into. And as it as each book comes, it gets more and more adult. And, you know, so you grow with the books. When kids read the first book and then they're older and the next one comes out, you know, and, you know, it took, what, seven years, eight years for the all the books to come out. Uh, so when they first read it, say they're 10, you know, now they're 18 and they're reading the, the stuff that's going on in these books, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's hard to put this on, uh, on kids. I mean, yeah, especially now kids can handle it, but, uh, there are a lot of it was shocking and the adult themes that are in, uh, in this book, but it, like I said, it's, it's very well done and very well written. Right. And but of course, remember, it was also originally the fifth one published. So if you go chronological the way it was published originally, it's going to be the yeah. fifth one. But that yeah. being said, we should also be in, in awe and shock that that had to be brought up. I mean, because even modern day, you know, we don't have slavery in the books, but modern day we're dealing with human trafficking and stuff. So the fact that we're still talking about it, we're still yeah. having yeah, that's a whole different subject, which we won't go into, but it's like, yay, C.S. Lewis, you went there, and um, we do have to talk to our kids and, and about it, and it's right. important. So, um, oh my. <laughs> um, I, I, I want to, of course, make sure I, I talk about some of the quotes, because, you know, I love the quotes, because that's just right. me. Um, so okay, I have a couple of different ones. There's one where Bree's talking to Shasta. Again, Bree is the talking horse, the war horse. He mm -hmm. says, if you can't ride, can you fall? So this is a question. And then he says, I mean, can you fall and get up again without crying? You know, mounting again and falling again and not being afraid to fall. And I think that there's so much deep lesson in this. So this is the beginning of the book, actually, when this happens. Um, because they're about to leave. They're about to go towards Narnia, which eventually they, they do get there. But um, it, it's so important because it's also real life. Can you get back up again? Can you? Will you? Are you going to always cry or are you going to just get up and do it? It's kind of like get up, shake off, take off the dirt, right? And get up and do it yeah. again. Do it again. And do it again. And of course, for, for Bree in this situation is that if they're out and about in the middle of the night, Shasta can't just be like, ah, you know, he can't just scream, he yeah. can't cry. He has to get up and he needs to go again because somebody might be hearing them or we might see a lion or two and they're not Aslan all the time. So you have to get up and you have to go. Um, I loved, loved, loved that because I think that was such a comforting uh, quote. Um, also, I love this one later, of course. Thank you, Aslan, again. No one is told any story but their own you know and that was in regards to him talking to shasta or as we later find out something else about who shasta really is um mm -hmm. he's at that point talking to him about erebus and it, no you need to focus on your life not just her story there's your story your story is your own it, it is just as important it's valuable it's you know so many ways you can take that yeah um also one more. I'm sorry. I've got everything written down on paper. Um, I was quite safe. That is why the lion kept on my left. He was between me and the edge of all time. 
Yes, and that, of course, is between, again, Shasta and Aslan. Again, so many good, good quotes, even in this, 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 again, this book is not huge. I mean, this yeah. is it. It's not huge. And again, there's even some illustrations in there, too, that takes up some room, you know, and it's just very meaty. <laughs> it's an yeah. adventurous tale that's very meaty. Oh, and I meant to say this last week. Um, I said I'd look up to find out who the illustrator was, and it's actually Pauline Baines is actually the illustrator for the newer set by Harper Collins books. Oh, okay, um, cool. Um, but when I looked it up, also it looks like they, she was actually also the original illustrator as well in the original set. So if you if you have the original set, which you are blessed to have, um, that's who the illustrator is. So I want to make a special note that I did figure that out too. So. So, well, what are some of your other, do you have any favorite quotes or any favorite parts, favorite characters? Because I'm just like oh. rambling off on all these fun tangents about the horse and the boy. And, and of oh. course, I'm emotional and I see you, you're going all the, the war side, which is kind of cool. <laughs> we we kind of even, even it out. <laughs> no, it's, um, yeah, I, I don't think I have any favorite quotes uh, in there, at least uh, nothing that uh, that I had to write down. Uh, one of the main things that that I really enjoyed um, was uh, near the end of the book uh, and Aslan makes an appearance. Yep. Uh, and uh, we have a character whose name was uh, Rabbit Ash, and he was the one that uh, was spurned by uh the princess and queen uh and was uh, leading the leading the war uh and um you know so <sighs> rabbit ash and aslan have a confrontation and uh aslan tells him and warns him accept the mercy or your doom will be upon you. And uh, what three times I think he tells him, "Look, you know, come on. It, it's at hand. You ha accept the mercy, or you're going to regret it." And still, a hard-headed as he was, he would accept the mercy, and his doom came upon him. And I won't say what that is. You have to read it in the book. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, it, it's very uh, iconic what happens to uh, this character. Um, and yeah, uh, that that to me is just, you know, because sometimes all we have to do is accept that mercy. Yeah. You know, and, and you accept that mercy and everything will be OK. You accept, you know, uh, certain things and um you know, and goodness will follow you throughout the rest of your days. Uh, you know, it's it's so powerful and so impactful. Uh, and then to see, you know, the uh, the actions if you don't, uh, yeah. you know, you could you could you could become, you know, uh, in this position, uh, which to me is. Uh, uh, there was a lot of action and a lot of adventure to get to that point. To me, that was the ultimate point of the book, um, of mercy, of acceptance, uh, of 
who you are and your value and uh, when mercy is uh, extended to you to accept it that you know it's it's not a bad thing um, yes Great. you know and and yeah so that was my uh, my thing I, I I liked the book there you know it, it to me it was uh, one of the faster reads uh, basically because of all the action that's in there uh, with with the big war um, and I, I almost expected, uh, you know, as you said, Peter was mentioned, but he doesn't make an appearance in the book. I almost expected him to come in or, you know, riding a horse or something at the end, but, but he didn't, he's, uh, which was, which was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, cause he's off to something else important for Narnia. So at this point yes. he's, he's doing his own thing to, to help his kingdom. You know, he's of course in full support of his sister, you know, Yes. He also trusts her. You know, of course, and all of our characters actually have a really good ending. Everything, it, it does really come together. I love the fact that mm -hmm. he does bring it all together at the end. Um, something really cool, of course, happens for our main character, Shasta. He finds something really awesome in the long run. Hint, hint. Yep. <laughs> um, and, and that's really wonderful that he gets yes. that. I think after you see what they've been through, you know, I think it, I think it's good, you know, cause we all want that happy ending. Right. You know, but I think he at least gets to a good point. And of mm -hmm. course he gets back where he's supposed where he's, where he's to be long. Right. Be long. So, uh, I think the last thing that I have to say on the horse and this boy is yes. that, uh, this story is so important. It is told again, not not the whole thing, but the story is told again in another book of this series. And we'll get into that once we get to that yeah. book, which is, uh, you know, a couple weeks down the road, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, this book is so important that it is retold by characters in another book. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm excited because not all I'll be honest. Some not all these books have I read. I've read. It's been a long time since I read this one, and again, I know I didn't finish it originally because I think I got through those very adult meaty parts. I was like, hold on, this is too much, you know. But you know, once I get to Silver Chair in the Last Battle, that's going to be interesting. And actually, next week we're going to be talking about Prince Caspian, but this time around, I'm all also going to be using a reader's guide so i'll be really digging into prince caspian this week <laughs> because um i'm going to use a reader's guide along with it and i'm excited because i want to see those deeper um maybe some deeper themes that maybe i've been missing um yeah and there's there's reader guides out there so anybody can yeah. find them you know wherever um amazon what you know thrift stores if you're thrifting like me and stuff um you know, where these guys are really good. They kind of get you in a little bit deeper. Yeah. Um, so I, again, I liked, I liked this book. Um, very meaty, very meaty, mm -hmm. but it's well worth it. If you just, just take the time for you, you went quick me. I'm like, Oh, I, I it took me some time, especially with our at that beginning, you know, I hit that moment. I was like, Oh, I need time. I need to process that. Cause that was just so deep to me. Yeah. And, 
Um, yeah, so a, a good read. Also a really good read if a family reads it together, I think, you know, because yeah. that would probably be a good family read, read together um, mm -hmm. or listen to on Audible together just to kind of, you know, get through some of those deeper conversations and right. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. So, uh, yeah, next week, as you said, Prince Caspian will cover the Prince book Caspian. and the movie. I'm so and... excited. Yes. I am. Uh, I was so excited when it originally came out. And I remember I was just like, yes, I couldn't wait because like how I already said, like I already had fallen in love with our beloved characters, you know, mm -hmm. all over again. And of course, that's when it becomes hard to take those beloved characters and be like they're not they're supporting characters in the future books and and yet right. and yet right off the bat then that one they're they're the supporting but again you you do see them just in a different light so right yeah so yeah uh man it, it was uh it's a great time tonight talking about the lion witch in the wardrobe and horse and his boy um and uh stay tuned uh next week for prince caspian so uh any other thoughts before we leave nope it's been a fun night good time talking about lion the witch in the wardrobe and orson's boy and i'm definitely excited about prince caspian so can't wait to talk next week all right yeah so until next week this is diggory this is polly <laughs> And signing off, and you guys have a great night.